Thank you, Marshall. I uh, am grateful to be here. Thank you, Pastor Jeff and Ramona. Um, it is an honor for me to be here, and um, I'm actually thrilled. <coughs> excuse me. I'm actually thrilled that um, Jeff Farmer has agreed to serve as transitional pastor here uh, during this period of transition we're in, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. But I just want to say this about Jeff. He's he's been a member of the church here for a number of years. How many years now? Uh, nine years. What's important for you to know is not only is he a great guy and not only did he lead our uh, lawn mowing team with excellence for so long, but um, he's actually the president of Open Bible Churches for a number of years, of whom Celebration Center is a part. He also has been the president of the Pentecostal and Charismatic Churches of North America for a number of years. So you have a world-class <laughs> leader who will be the transitional pastor here. We are just blessed to be able to have them as a part of the team. Uh, again, my name is Chris, and if you don't know me, uh, I, I am currently now, uh, as of August 1st, the Regional Director for Pacific Open Bible Churches, and I, you know, Lisa and I also uh, started this church in 1993. So it, uh, this church is near and dear to our heart, and we pastored here until 2015, and I know, church, that, that we are in this transition, sort of a sudden, unexpected transition uh, with Pastor Nathan and Jessica. Uh, their last Sunday was last, last Sunday, the 13th. And so now we in the, are in this process, as Marshall has uh, pointed out. Here's the thing. I believe that Jesus has always been in charge of this church. I believe Jesus is still in charge of this church. And I believe Jesus will continue to be in charge of this church moving forward. He is the great shepherd, and uh, he will continue to be the primary shepherd of this church, uh, but we just need to find the person. He already has somebody picked out who will be the next pastor. We just have to figure out who that is, right? And so we're going to continue to pray. Uh, I ask you to just um, hang in there, uh, believe God for this next great season that he has for Celebration Center. I, uh, I brought this balloon up, as, as if you didn't notice, uh, and... Um, there's a little face on it you probably can't see, um, but uh, when we entered into 2020, it was, it was with great hope, right? Great anticipation. We were all excited. 2020, a new year, a new season. I know Lisa and I were very excited about 2020 because 2019 was not one of our favorite years, but 2020 was going to be great. And for every pastor, 2020 was every pastor's dream because when you think about theming a year for the next year, 2020 vision is just like easy, ready-made, right? This was going to be a great year. Well, then we, hit, then we actually hit 2020, and um, things began to shift. The, the global pandemic uh, hit us in February, March, and suddenly, so, so imagine this being, you know, our life, and... Um, and, and we're, we're full of enthusiasm, ready to go. The pandemic hit, and all of a sudden, uh, we had to shift some things. And um, we, had to, we had to start wearing these things that you're all wearing now that fortunately I don't have to wear right this moment. But um, our life changed, right? Our life began to change. And uh, not only did that happen, but as the year progressed... There were these government mandates 
uh, and restrictions. We couldn't go the places we wanted to go and be with the people we wanted to be. And it, it sort of is deflating, right? A little bit deflating. And then we hit these racial tensions and the protests and, and, and facing uh, some of those challenges. Um, and, um, and we began to get a little more deflated. The economic impact and the fallout, the economic fallout of what was going on. And we get a little more deflated. And then it's going longer than we expected it would go, right? And it continues to go. And, and then we, we come into the fall. We think maybe things are beginning to turn around a little bit. And then we get the fires up and down the West Coast. And not only the destruction of the fires, which is horrible, but then the, um, the smoke. So now we're... Who would have thought we'd been wearing masks in 2020 for one reason, let alone now we're wearing masks in 2020 for two reasons, because our air quality in the Pacific Northwest is so bad. So now we're a little more deflated, and then we start school, right? Parents are trying to figure out how to start school, how to do online distance learning and navigate the computer and Zoom and all of this. And, and, and it's like the wind just gets knocked out of us, right? It's like we got the wind knocked out of us. That's a little bit how... I think for many of us, 2020 has felt one of the strangest years we have faced corporately than I've ever experienced. 2019, as I mentioned for Lisa and I, was, was a challenging one for us just personally. But we've all dealt with this, these things together. And I, know you, I don't need to tell you that, but uh, we know that it's true. But it's in times of pressure, it's in times of drawn-out difficulty that the depth of our faith... And the strength of our character gets revealed. That's when it gets revealed. And I recognize that some of you are feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling exhausted. Uh, you're feeling it physically. You're feeling it uh, emotionally. Maybe you're even feeling it a little bit spiritually. Like, I'm just, I'm just done with all of this. And, and you start wondering, you know, I, I don't know about you, but... but there came some time where we were like, I, I'm not even sure what day it is because all the days are sort of mixed together because we're doing, we don't have our normal routine and we're a little disoriented. Last week, uh, I at night, we have this, this, this sort of routine that we do. Well, let me just say, first of all, my wife had made some peanut butter cookies, which were fantastic, which makes every, ba- every day better. She had made these peanut butter cookies, and, and uh, so I had eaten some of those cookies, probably too many of those cookies, and then uh, at night, we have this normal routine we go through. So <clears throat> uh, we get ready to go to bed. I let my, my dog out, JJ. He's a black lab. I let him go outside. He goes outside, does his thing. He comes back in. And uh, I was just, this was just a busy day. I'd, I'd just been tired, a lot been going on, just like in all of your lives. And, uh, and so I let him out. I bring him back in. I, I always get him a little dog treat. So I got him this little dog treat. And, and, uh, and then I tell him, I say, JJ, go upstairs. And he runs up to the top of the stairs and he waits at the top of the stairs for me to get there to give him his dog treat. So I'm, I'm gathering my things and I'm getting ready to head up to bed. And I, I, I begin walking up the stairs, thinking, forgetting not paying attention, thinking I have a peanut butter cookie in my hand, when in fact, I had a dog biscuit in my hand, and I put that thing in my mouth, and I bit it. And it, it was not tasty. It was not. I felt bad for JJ after that, but I felt bad for myself. But it just, it's sort of representative of we, we just are, we're just sort of tired and, and, and disoriented, and things aren't going the way that we thought they would go. And some of you are feeling a little exhausted. Maybe some of you are feeling a little tired. I get it. I, this weekend, after all the smoke and all the 
all the toxic air. I was just waiting. All of us were just waiting for the rain. We're all looking at the AQI. Now we're pros at the AQI now, right? Uh, the air quality index. We're all looking at it, waiting for it to go down, waiting for the rain to come, waiting for the wind to come to clean it all out. Listen, church, we need a fresh wind. We desperately need a fresh wind. If there is ever a time we need the power, the breath, Old Testament, the Hebrew calls it the ruach, the wind, the breath, the Spirit of God. If there's ever a time we need that, uh, that, that wind of the Holy Spirit strengthening and empowering our lives, it is right now. We need it right now. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. It's a passage that's really, I've read it many times, called the fruit of the Spirit, but I as I prayed, the board asked me to, to speak, and as I prayed and asked the Lord, God, what would you have me say? I, I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not always thankful that God wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I was grateful God woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning early this week, and He just dropped this passage into my heart and said, this is the one, and it's not the one probably I would have chosen on my own, but I believe it's the word God has for us today. Galatians 5, 23 and 24, I'm sorry, 22 and 23, I believe it is, and it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that as we uh, open up your perfect, holy, powerful word, life-changing, transforming word, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, you'd speak to us. Lord, that you would remind us of how you've called us to be free people, living in the freedom of Christ, reflecting you everywhere we go and in every situation we face. And Lord, I pray you'd set me aside that our eyes would be fixed and focused on Jesus today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul in this book had been talking to the Galatians about their freedom in Christ, that uh, they were to live by faith um, through the grace of Jesus Christ and not being bound by legalism, that it was not a result of works. And there were some people called Judaizers who were saying, yes, you can follow Christ, but you still have to obey the Mosaic law. And Paul was saying, hold on, you don't have to go back to the works, to, to your own works and to your own human effort to be a follower of Christ. Uh, don't, don't go backwards, keep going forward. Paul, in fact, says in Galatians 2, 20 and 21, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I want you to just hear that. Christ lives in me. I no longer live Christ. So it's the, it's the life of Christ that is pulsing now through our veins when we give our lives to Christ. It is he, he the one who energizes and sustains us. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That was what Paul was telling to this church at Galatia and tells to us today. And then he begins to make this contrast between living according to the flesh or the sinful nature and living according to the Spirit. And he tells us this. He says, free people live by one law, and that is the law of love. Free people live by one law, and that is the law of love. Galatians 5, 13 and 14, he says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. That's great news, isn't it? You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh Rather, 
serve one another humbly in love. That's why we sacrifice things, our rights, our individual, you know, I could do this, nobody's going to tell me what to do. That's why we do it, because we're called to serve one another in love. It goes on, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, Paul says, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And as the Holy Spirit transforms our lives, we grow deeper and deeper and deeper in our ability to love. And the other thing that happens is we grow stronger and we grow stronger and we grow stronger in our ability to just chill. Now, I know chill is not a theological word. I know maybe it's not a real professional word to use, but when I thought about what describes this person that Paul is describing here with the fruit of the Spirit, what describes, and I look at this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, I just look at that life and I think this person is just, they're just so relaxed. They just seem so unburdened by the weight of the world. That's the kind of life I believe God has for us. That's the kind of free life that God wants for us. And it's in times of difficulty, it's in times of challenge, what oozes out of the Spirit-filled believer are these beautiful expressions of love. Or at least that's what should ooze out of the (laughs) Spirit-filled believer. It doesn't always ooze out of my life. What's funny about this is as I was preparing this message, and in particular as I was recording it for the online version of this message, a lot of things went wrong. And oozing out of me was not a lot of this fruit of the Spirit. And God was challenging my own, my, my own self in this message. It doesn't always happen, but that's, that's what God desires for us. Now, if it isn't happening in your life, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not a Christian, but what it might mean is you need a fresh infilling of God's Holy Spirit. You need a fresh fill, filling of the Spirit of God. These are the moments when we desperately, church, need a fresh wind, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through the lives of of the church. A life that is full of God's Spirit is life that is characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. A life full of God's Spirit is characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. Now let's look at that fruit, that list of the fruit again. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You're going to hear these words a number of times this morning. And, and that's, the, that's what Paul says the fruit or the, the, the characteristics of Christ are in our lives. Fruit is not something we can produce. It's not something we can create by our own effort, is it? I can go out into my backyard and I can build a deck or I can build a fence or I can build a shed, but I can't go out in my backyard and build a fruit tree. I could try, but it's probably not going to be very productive. Uh, a fruit tree just grows out of the life that God gives that seed. It grows up. And then branches come out, and those branches bear fruit. Uh, fruit is not something we can create. It's something we bear that comes from the life of Jesus that is, that is within us. John, uh, Jesus said in John 15, 5, If you abide in me, and if I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. If you abide in me. And then he says something interesting. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Notice here, too, that when it says the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. 
It says the fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. All of this comes as a package. It's a batch that functions together as one. So we can't say, okay, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have joy, and maybe on Tuesday I'll have peace, and maybe Thursday I'll try some kindness. It all comes together. It's all part of the same deal. It's a singular list. And it starts with love. And the reason it starts with love is because love is the supreme characteristic. Uh, Paul says in Corinthians, the greatest, you know, there's faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. He actually says in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love is patient. Love is kind. And while he lists love, joy, peace, patience, kindness in this list of the fruit of the Spirit... In Corinthians, he says love actually is patient. Love is kind. So these are expressions of this love. Love is the fountainhead out of which all of the other fruit flows. This love, this agape is is the word in the Greek. This love is the self-sacrificing laying down of our lives for others so that they can become everything God wanted them to be. That's the kind of of love. That's That's the supreme characteristic. And nobody is exempt from our love. Jesus tells us to love ourselves. Jesus tells us to love one another. He says to love the insider. He says to love the outsider. He says to love our neighbor. He even says this, love your enemies and those who hate you. Love your enemies and those who hate you. I asked this question on social media. I said, love your enemies. What does that look like practically? And I had some great responses to that. One of the responses I really loved was this. It said, listen, We just don't see them as an enemy. They may see us as an enemy, but we don't view them as an enemy. We treat them with love, and in that sense, they become our neighbor. And we're supposed to love our, even our enemies. So uh, love every politician, every Democrat, Republican, Independent, every presidential candidate. Uh, We love every person in every group with whom we disagree. We love every person who has hurt us or betrayed us, love everybody. That's what oozes out of the Spirit-filled believer. So he starts with this love as the supreme characteristics, and then the, the list goes on. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we aren't going to talk at length about every one of these characteristics, but I love what some, including D.L. Moody and Charles Spurgeon, have done with this list uh, and here is one of those expressions of, of what the, how they have seen this with love being the supreme characteristic. Love is joy rejoicing. I'm sorry, joy is love rejoicing. I did that backwards. Joy is love rejoicing. Peace is love at rest. Patience, love enduring. Kindness, love interacting. Goodness is love initiating. Faithfulness is love keeping its word. Gentleness is love empathizing. Self-control is love ruling. These are the characteristics our world, our country, our neighbors desperately need coming out of the church. And I want to encourage you to just look at your life. Look at your interactions. Now, before I, before I say this, I want you to understand this is not out of some... Uh, Motivation of condemnation. There's no condemnation here. There's not, this is not a, out of judgment. God wants, desperately wants these things to be in our lives. He wants us to be people of peace. He wants there to be peace. He wants there to be patience in our lives. He wants there to be joy in our lives. This is, these are God's, uh, God's graces on your life. He wants them in your life. So I want you to just encourage you, look at your life. Look at your interactions at home with your spouse, with your children with your parents, 
Look at your interactions at work. Look at your responses on social media. Look at your uh, reactions to the issues we face, the pandemic, the government response to the pandemic, the racial tensions and the, and the protests and all these things, the political issues, the economic fallout, the fires and smoke that kept us trapped in our homes for days. Look at our response to these things, online distance learning, all the things we've talked about. And now, of course, the sudden pastoral transition here at Celebration Center, our church. I just want us to look at our response to those things do these characteristics reflect our response? Joy, peace, patience, gentleness. Listen, there's a time and there's a place for us to grieve. We need to lament. The Scriptures actually encourage us and give us permission to lament when things are going wrong, when things are difficult. And if we don't lament correctly, if we don't lament appropriately, what will happen in us, the outcomes will be one of two things, anger or depression, or both. So it is important for us not to just put on a happy face and act like everything is fine. That is not at all what I'm saying in these moments. There are real and there are troubling issues that are going on in our world. But even so, when those things come our way, God, by His Spirit, can give us the ability still to have peace, to have joy, love, patience, kindness, all of these things. I'm going to put up a little illustration of a barrel. And, and this barrel, um, you think of a barrel, a barrel holds liquid. I want you to consider the liquid as being the Spirit of God in your life, okay? Just think about it that way. Think of that barrel. A barrel is made of different slats, right? And... Um, and I want you to think about the fruit of the Spirit being these slats. Thank you, Donald, for making this look much better than the one I gave you. Um, the, fruit of, <laughs> uh, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, uh, each, each of the fruit of the Spirit being a different slat on the barrel. And I want you to think about your own, this, this list in, in, in your own life, love, joy, peace, patience, good, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in relationship to each other, not, not in necessarily in relationship to 100%, but in relationship to each other, where in your own life, in your own spirit, in your own heart, in your own attitudes, would you say your lowest slat is right now? Is it joy? Is it patience? Where would you say the lowest slat is? Because it's wherever that lowest slat is, that's where you're going to be leaking, right? You think about a barrel, whatever the lowest slat is, that's where it's going to be leaking out. So where are you at? Just take a second, just internally evaluate, where am I at? What's, you know, how would I measure those things? And that, and, and consider where might I be leaking here? We've looked at and considered the fruit of the Spirit, this beautiful picture of, of life in the Spirit, this ideal picture of life in the Spirit. But the battle we have internally is what the Bible calls our sinful nature or our flesh. That is the part of us that wants to do it our own way, in our own time, in our own strength, according to our own desires. So Paul gives us this other contrasting picture. He actually does it before he lists this fruit of the Spirit. And I want to read it from the message version because it paints it so vividly. 
Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I want you to just hear this uh, in the message version. And I want you to consider our society right now, and I want you to consider our country right now and what's going on in our world right now as we think about what, how it's expressed in these verses. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. An impotence to love or be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Hear that again. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I have warned you, you know. If you use your freedom in this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. It's like, God, it's like Paul walks us through a burning garbage dump of the flesh, of our sinful desires, and then out into this open, beautiful orchard of the fruit of the Spirit. And he tells us in Romans 8 9, he says, you, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. Listen, those, those ugly representations of the flesh do not have to represent us if the Spirit of God is pulsing through our veins in our life. We are kingdom people. We are, we are the people of God's kingdom. We aren't bound by the ways of this world, by the ways of our society, by the ways of any particular group. We are kingdom people. Our ways should be the ways of Jesus. Jesus' ways should be our ways. We operate from a completely different set of rules, and that rule is the law of love. That's the rule that we primarily operate out of. And out of that love comes joy, a joy that the Bible says is unspeakable. Out of that love comes peace, a peace that Jesus says is, is, is beyond uh, or not as the world gives, and a peace that the Bible says is beyond comprehension. That's the kind of peace we have. The, the Scripture says, Jesus told us, church, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And our presence in these moments should change the atmosphere in the room because we see the world through the lens of Jesus. Our presence in these moments should bring light into environments of darkness because you are the light of the world. Our presence in these particular moments should change the tone on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter from one of discord and one of outrage to one of encouragement to one of hope and to one of life because we understand that our battle is not with people and their differing opinions, whether political or social, whatever their opinions are, because we understand that the hope for the world, for our country, and even for our neighbor is not in a political party or in a candidate, because we understand the truth does not come from Fox News or from CNN, because those are both agents of a world system that is flawed and that is broken. Our struggle 
Paul says, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If we could peel back the window of heaven, we would see that there is a battle that's bigger than this one that we're fighting with one another on. It's a spiritual battle. And if we're going to win this battle in these moments, in these historical days of a global pandemic that has taken the lives now of nearly 200,000 people in this country and has created fear and frustration and suspicion and anger and isolation and economic fallout, in these moments of racial unrest that have continued to unearth our biases and our devaluing of too many people in God's image, if we're going to win the battle in these moments of political polarization unlike anything I've ever seen, and this political polarization is intentionally and strategically manipulated to gain power. If we're going to win this battle in these moments as a church, where we find ourselves once again in a transition, perhaps grieving the loss of friends and wondering what does the future hold for us. If we're going to win this battle in our own moments of private pain, heartache, frustration, or disappointment. If we're going to win this battle in these moments, we desperately need a power that's greater than our own will, and it's greater than our good ideas. We have been living in the stale, toxic air of a broken world, and we desperately need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind. We need the breath of the Holy Spirit working through us powerfully. I think it's fascinating that what has been attacked this year, <laughs> now in multiple ways, is, the abil- is our ability to breathe. I think about it all the way back to George Floyd, and I can't breathe, and I think about it with the pandemic and the toxins in the air, and, and I think about it with now the latest, the smoke. I think it's, it's just fascinating to me. We need the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. And if we're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have Him in you. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're walking in the Spirit or that we're necessarily filled with the Spirit because the Bible says walk in the Spirit and you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. It wouldn't tell us to walk in the Spirit if we just automatically walked in the Spirit when we became a Christian. And it tells us, Paul tells us, be filled with the Spirit, which implies two things. Number one, you might not be full, And number two, it has to be continual. It has to continue. You need to continue to be filled. So let me just talk about how. Let's talk about the how to be filled with the Spirit. Okay? I'm just going to give you just a a quick list of a few ways, a few things that I think are important if we're going to be filled with the Spirit and live a life characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. Number one, you need Jesus. You just need Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know Him, if He, if, 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 um, If you've been doing this on your own, living life your own way, your own desires, you need Jesus. But listen, He won't usurp your will to do it on your own. You can do it on your own own if you want. But we need to surrender our life to Him. If we surrender to Him, to His way, to the way you were born to live in partnership with God, then you can begin to bear this fruit, this beautiful fruit that starts with love in your life. You need Jesus. Secondly, you need to repent of sin. We need to repent. If if you're in violation of your relationship with God, 
or if you're in violation of your relationship with others, we need to turn from that. If there is sin in your life, that's going to that's gonna keep you from being able to be full of the Spirit of God. And you need to repent and ask God to take that, to cleanse that from you. It's, it's, it's the kindness of God. It's not the judgment or the anger of God. It's the kindness of God. His desire for you to be free of those things that enslave you, free of that sin. It's His kindness that leads you to repent and, 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 and respond to His kindness and repent of that sin and ask God to forgive you. Number three, ask God to fill you with His Spirit. Ask Him. God, will you fill me with your spirit? That sounds very simple, but that's what he can do is in a moment, he, when you ask him uh, with, with, an, with an open heart, with a genuine motivation, you say, God, would you just fill me with your Holy Spirit? He will fill you with his Holy Spirit. And I would just ask you to reflect back to that barrel. Where are you leaking? Is there an area where you'd say, you know what, that's an area, I just, I've been leaking there. I need God to restore my whatever that is, my, my joy. I need God to restore my peace. I need God to restore my gentleness, my patience. So I want to just pray for you right now. Just pause just for a second. I got a couple more things to say. I want to pray for you that God would just fill you with his spirit because the scripture says if we ask God, he will, uh, he will give what we ask. He's a good God. Father God, I pray right now for those that are in this room who maybe feel a little empty today. Maybe there's one of those areas, the characteristics of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit that has been just low and has felt depleted, they felt deflated. They need a fresh wind. God, I pray that you would breathe the life of your Holy Spirit in them in a supernatural and miraculous way right now that, God, that they would sense the filling in their bodies even right now, that they would feel your presence on them in real tangible ways, that, God, you will meet them right where they are. We desperately, God, we desperately need the filling of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, where we are low, would you fill us to the top? Lord, your, your word says that you're a good father, and when we, a good father gives good gifts. So would you give that gift of your Holy Spirit and fill each one? Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, you may need to prune away some things. If you don't see this fruit being born in your life and attitudes, there might be good things that used to be good in your life or things that are, maybe aren't so good, maybe habits or time wasters. It's like my fruit trees. I go into my backyard. There's some beautiful branches, but I know I'm at this this winter, I'm going to have to go in and cut some of those branches off to give room and air for the new fruit that God wants to bring. And sometimes we've got to do that. We've got to cut some things away. You've got to say no to some things. Number five, ask God to set you free of offenses. Bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. These things will block the healthy growth of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in Christ God forgave you. And finally, number six, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. You've got to start walking in the Spirit. This is a very intentional thing you do. How do we do that? I would say, number one, read God's Word. What you put into your life is critical. It's critical. 
Paul says in Galatians 6, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, whatever, whoever sows to please their flesh. From the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That if we sow God's Word into our life, that's what's going to begin to come out of our life. We'll get to know Jesus better. Pray. Listen to His voice. Every single day, wake up and say, I'm yours, Holy Spirit. Do with me what you will. And then serve others. That's, that verse goes on and says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Paul has said, serve one another in love. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, start serving others. Start giving yourself to others. Final scripture I'm going to give you this morning. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Actually, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Listen to this out of the message again. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion. I love this. The wardrobe God picked out for you. Who picked out your wardrobe this morning? Right? What if, it was, what, what if God picked out your wardrobe for you? Here's what He'd give you. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Quiet strength. Discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on. Now, I'm going to ask you to put on some other things. But regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. The Spirit of God in your life will we'll produce this love out of your life, and we desperately need it. We're entering into a very toxic political campaign. And the last thing this world needs is the church bickering about it. However we respond, we're going to have opinions. That's okay. But how we respond, it should be with love. Missionary Kenneth Moyner says this poem as I close. Joy is love exalting, and peace is love at rest. Patience, love enduring in every trial and test. Gentleness, love yielding to all that is not sin. Goodness, love in actions that flow from Christ within. Faith is love's eyes opened, the loving Christ to see. Meekness, love not fighting, but bowed at Calvary. Temperance, love in harness and under Christ's control. The Christ is love in person and love Christ in the soul. Could we just sing this chorus that we sang earlier this morning? It's your breath in our lungs. Can we just, just the chorus. Let's just sing the chorus and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, God, we are so grateful. It's your breath. Lord, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I pray that that would be reflected through our lives, that the fruit of the Spirit, whatever comes our way, whatever challenges we face, Lord, that what would come out of our lives is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, we need a fresh wind. Would you pour out your breath in our lungs? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being here, Celebration Center. Uh, enjoy your afternoon. I'd, I'd give every one of you a hug if I could. But uh, have a great afternoon. God bless.